You're listening to the It's Her Time podcast with Cody and Jess. Welcome back to the It's Her Time podcast. If you're new here and you haven't met me yet, my name is Cody Sanders, and it's so good to have you here. I'm a holistic health practitioner and a functional nutritionist, and I specialize in women's hormonal health, and I am so happy to have you here and joining this conversation. Now, if you tuned in last week to last week's episode, then you know a little bit more about endometriosis, and you know that it's a disorder where tissue that shares similarities with what lines the inside of our uterus, which is called our endometriosis. Um, it grows outside of the uterus, right? And there's a whole lot more to it. Now on today's episode, we are going to talk about getting pregnant with endometriosis. Is it possible? Is it something that is going to be a really hard thing to do? Are there solutions out there for you? Well, I'm going to do a little deep dive so that we can better understand what some of these possibilities are and solutions that you can take advantage of. But before we go into the episode, let's join Jess for a Mixers Girl Say... On today's Mixers Girls Say, we're going to go through some submissions that actually our Mixers customers have written in about how they express self-love. Oh, good. I can't wait to hear. Yeah. I love these. Mm -hmm. And first, I have to say, I do love this submission that uh, she says she uses her her time daily to like practice her self-love. That's fantastic. Great. Um, Okay. Then using promptly journals. Mm-hmm. Love it. Listening to at least one podcast a day. Awesome. Hopefully it's this one. Yeah. We hope it's us. <laughs> um, writing in my journal. I write I love you three down three times every single day. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, keeping like up that. on my skincare routine. Mm, I need to be better about that. Mm-hmm. Nutrition, movement, sauna, and power naps. I like that. I can be like, yes, 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 yes. Yes. Um, And then I try to watch myself talk. It makes such a difference. Yes. We've actually talked about this in Mm -hmm. the office because, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there is so much power. And I think even when you're like, we are totally kidding, but when we're like, I'm so stupid. I know. Or something like, or like, oh, I hate myself. I'm sorry I did that or something. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, that's, your your body is listening. Your mind is taking that in. And I feel like you and me so many times. I know. We're like, the, uh, uh, yeah, we're like, rephrase uh, that, please. You're absolutely fabulous. <laughs> Try again. Yeah. But anyway, I love, I love all of these submissions. What are some things that you do? A lot of these things. I was like, yes, these are some mm-hmm. of my absolute favorite things. And I feel like I talk about them all the time here, but definitely I try to find time every single day for a little bit of me time. And it could be different every time, but a lot of times that includes things like meditation. I do love writing in my journal. Mm -hmm. I do love listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. I love getting outside and just going for a walk. Um, I love those little things. Just even simple, like having like my little morning um, cup of dandy blend, which is this Mm -hmm. dandy lion tea that I like to drink in the morning. And I mean, Mm -hmm. just little things like that. Just And if you can spread it throughout the day, even better. It's just so important. Self-love is, it's like the best medicine. I think something I've learned about self-love is like, I've, I've really loved exercise for a long time. Mm -hmm. I even loved exercising as a teenager, but I think something I learned was actually having my exercise be like self-care and self-love versus like punishment. And that was something Mm -hmm. I learned probably, oh, sorry. That was something I learned probably like, mm, 
eight to 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it just changes your purpose behind exercise and like what kind of movement that you're choosing for the day, um, whether it's a walk or anyway, we've talked about this on yeah. other episodes, but I do think that that was something like really good for me to learn mm-hmm. is like that transition from exercise. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, just having it actually be a form of self Yeah, and let me just say, I've known you for a long time and have been a part of your exercise world for a while, you know, and I saw the hugest difference. Like, you improved the most mm-hmm. with that change of, like, perception, I guess, um, or feeling towards exercise. Yeah. Would you agree? I agree completely. I feel like it's we don't realize how powerful our thoughts are, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of times it can be what's holding us back. So if you are feeling frustrated and you're not feeling like you're reaching the potential that you're hoping to reach, mm-hmm. check your thoughts, I and it, it can make a big difference. I love it. Let's get into the episode. Mixers is a company made for women by women. Each of our products have been carefully and lovingly crafted to support you in all stages of your life, providing you with the optimal health you deserve. Each ingredient we handpick is 100% all natural, backed by science and chosen specifically to better your life physically, mentally, and hormonally. Each product empowers your body to take charge of its monthly hormonal shift and flows, empowering you to live life to the fullest. Let mixers take care of your needs from sunup to sundown, and you take care of the rest. Check us out at mixers.com, M-I-X-H-E-R-S. Now, if you listened to last week's episode, then you know that endometriosis is a disorder where tissue that shares similarities with what lines the inside of the uterus, which is called our endometrium, grows outside of the uterus. It's hard for people who don't live with endometriosis to understand just how debilitating and even isolating the condition can be. So yeah, there are definitely people that have more mild uh, cases and they don't deal with all of the pain. But for many women with endometriosis, life is impacted in a major way, including when they are ready to become pregnant. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So here's what I want you to know. Endometriosis doesn't automatically mean that you can't get pregnant and um, and definitely want you to understand that you aren't alone. Even though it can make getting pregnant more difficult, many women can conceive and have healthy babies even with endometriosis. Um, in this episode, I'm going to share how and why endometriosis can impact fertility and pregnancy. And then I want to share the steps that you can take to support your conception. To start, let's discuss what endometriosis is. Endometriosis is a very complex and unfortunately not well understood condition where the tissue that is responsive to the hormone changes of our menstrual cycle during the month grows outside of the uterus. And what this does is it causes pain and it causes infertility and other health problems. Because the tissue responds to the signals to grow and bleed it can lead to the body building a lot of scar tissue, which is referred to as adhesions. Now, the tissue growth that occurs primarily in the pelvic area, including you know where the bladder is and your bowels and the deep pelvic nerves and in the ureter, in some cases, it is also found on even the abdominal wall, the diaphragm, the lungs, and on your colon, and even sometimes in the brain, although this is super rare. Research suggests that 10 to 15% of women in their reproductive years have endometriosis, although estimates vary and many women are misdiagnosed for years. The causes of endometriosis are still unknown, but there are several theories about how it develops. 
Now, the symptoms of endometriosis can definitely vary between people. There's even some women out there who experience very few symptoms. Up to 25% of the the women with endometriosis actually have no symptoms at all, while others have severe pain. Now, the most common symptoms of, symptoms of endometriosis include things like intensely painful periods, but it's also the pain that can last beyond your period too. So it's not just when you're on your period. Also painful sex, pain when you are having a bowel movement or when you're urinating or even when you're just trying to insert a tampon. It's also associated with very heavy periods um, and some chronic pain that can happen in the back, in the lower abdomen, or even in the pelvis region. It also, symptom is infertility which is what we're going to be talking about more today. Now, there's also fatigue. There's also like digestive issues like diarrhea and nausea, constipation, bloating, which are also often um, known as irritable bowel syndrome symptoms too. But there's also symptoms like bleeding between periods. Now, since so many of these symptoms can look like other health conditions and women's pains um, are often ignored in medicine, endometriosis is often misdiagnosed, like I mentioned before. Studies suggest that it takes actually an average of eight to 10 years for a proper diagnosis. I've worked with many women who've been told they have irritable bowel syndrome or IBS um, or other conditions when they actually had endometriosis all along. The extra tissue that grows outside of the uterus can bleed and it can even make its own hormones, leading to all of that pain and inflammation and scar tissue. Scar tissue and inflammation lead to those adhesions that we talked about, which connect tissue that are usually separate from each other, leading to pain and impairing the function of the organs where it is located. So now, like I've mentioned, the cause of endometriosis is not entirely understood. It's likely multifactorial with genetics as well as environmental factors playing a role. As of right now, we don't know the definitive cause, and there is a lot of debate as to why it occurs. There are several theories, like I said, about how it develops, including things um, like retrograde menstruation. Have you ever heard of this? According to this theory, when a woman has her period, the blood and the endometrial cells actually flow backward through the fallopian tubes and the pelvic cavity. And with that, they are carrying endometrial tissues with it. This is one of the most popular theories about the cause of endometriosis, although it's still not completely clear. Several studies found that retrograde menstruation occurs in 76% to 90% of women, even those without endometriosis, but women with endometriosis have more retrograde menstrual flow than women without. But it begs the question, is this really the cause of endometriosis or is it a symptom that is associated There's some other thoughts as well. The other thought of cause of endometriosis could be surgery. The reason is, is that endometriosis may develop after surgery when cells from the endometrium um, could be transferred to the surgical site. So think like a C-section or a hysterectomy. But many women with endometriosis have never had surgery. So this doesn't hold true for everyone. The other possible cause is an immune disorder. So this suggests that endometriosis may be caused by a problem with the immune system. There's research that suggests that many, many women with endometriosis also have an autoimmune condition. The immune system should also remove cells um, from areas where they don't belong, but this may not happen in women with endometriosis. 
The other cause is inflammation and oxidative stress um, and inflammatory cytokines, which I know that might not be a familiar term, but these are basically our signaling molecules um, for inflammation. So with that, um, increased levels of free radicals, you know, all of that are linked to endometriosis. At this time, we are not sure if endometriosis causes inflammation or if increased inflammation is a risk factor for developing endometriosis. And there's always hormones. You know, endometriosis is very closely connected to hormones, especially estrogen. And estrogen dominance can absolutely make endometriosis worse. Estrogen can increase the proliferation of endometrial tissue, but that doesn't mean high estrogen levels that necessarily cause it. Interesting research um, also links external sources of hormone disruptors to endometriosis. Um, Bisphenol A, which is also known as BPA, is a chemical that's found in a lot of our food packaging and it's found on receipt paper. So girls, those receipts that we're touching all the time can actually worsen endometriosis because BPA can mimic estrogen in the body. So we really need to be careful with touching those receipts. Um, All of these possible causes that I've talked about are only really some of the um, common theories behind the causes of endometriosis. There's still a lot more research that's needed. And as more research comes out, especially related to environmental aspects of endometriosis, I expect and I hope that we will have a much better understanding of all of it. So let's get into how endometriosis actually affects fertility. And before I dive into this part of the, of the episode, because I, I want, I can, it can seem a little doom and gloom. I definitely want to reiterate, reiterate that um, many women with endometriosis can get pregnant. And in some cases though, it can also make it more complicated, but that doesn't mean that it's impossible. Up to half of women with infertility have endometriosis and 30 to 50% of the women that have endometriosis have difficulty conceiving on their own. Although researchers don't entirely understand the reasons why. Um, There's clearly a connection between hormones, inflammation, and possibly an immune component like we've discussed. But um, there are also some other obvious ways that um, endometriosis can affect our fertility. So let's start with understanding that there are four stages of endometriosis. Stage one is the mildest stage and stage four is the most severe. They are ranked on the location that it's on, the number of lesions, the depth, the cysts, the adhesions, or even the blockages that the tissue can cause. Now, stage one Well, how it's considered to be stage one is few small lesions or wounds with minimal scar tissue, um, if any at all. Stage one endometriosis is localized to organs and tissue that are really close to the uterus. And stage two, there's more lesions and some scarring has already happened and may be present. Lesions may be more deeply implanted than you would see in stage one endometriosis. Now, stage three, that means that there are many lesions that are embedded deep in the tissue and are also possibly accompanied by scarring and ovarian cysts. Now, stage four, the most severe, is expansive and it's deeply rooted lesions and they are present with lots of scar tissue and cysts on at least one ovary. There's also an endometrial rating system specific to fertility called the Endometriosis Fertility Index or EFI for short. 
The EFI looks at things like reproductive organs and takes into account previous pregnancies, the stage of endometriosis, um, how long someone's been trying to get pregnant, and also they take their age into consideration. The score is considered a better predictor of fertility than only using staging and is often used for um, used after any surgical treatment for endometriosis. Now, again, studies suggest that while there does seem to be a link between more severe cases of endometriosis and infertility, it's not the only predictor. Further, the stage and severity aren't always linked to better or worse symptoms because each person has such a different response within their own body. Um, Sometimes damaged or blocked fallopian tubes can impact fertility. Endometriosis can cause scarring and it can cause adhesions around the ovaries or around the fallopian tubes and that cause that blockage or damage. And it impacts the ability of the egg to actually be able to travel to the fallopian tube for fertilization. Other areas of the reproductive system can also have scar tissue or adhesions that affect their functions. Sometimes surgery can correct the tissue or pregnancy can still be possible with things like the help of IVF in some of the more severe cases. Now, inflammation, we're going to talk about inflammation in the immune system because endometriosis is a condition associated with chronic inflammation um, and a problem with our immune system um, with the regulation of it. And both can impact the ability to get pregnant. Inflammation can adversely affect reproductive hormones. It can affect the egg quality and also the implantation, um, implantation for people with endometriosis, which of course makes it really hard to get pregnant. Also, let's Talk about the scarring that happens with this. Um, Uterine scarring is a thing. So similar to damage to the fallopian tube, uterine scarring can interfere with the ability to get pregnant because the scar tissue interferes with the normal function of the lining of the uterus where the fertilized egg would implant. Although this is a less common um, occurrence. Now, this is the big question. Is it possible then to get pregnant with endometriosis? And I am happy to tell you that yes, in many cases, it is possible to get pregnant with endometriosis with or even without assistance. In fact, many women with endometriosis do conceive and carry healthy pregnancies to term. My own sister is an example of this. She has had two babies um, and had severe stage four endometriosis. Now, can endometriosis affect our pregnancies? Um, If you have endometriosis and you do get pregnant, there is a chance that the condition can affect your pregnancy. Endometriosis um, has been linked to a higher risk of tubal pregnancies. Um, It's been linked to miscarriage and preterm birth and a higher C-section probability. There's also a relatively rare but higher than normal risk of complications like uterine rupture or um, preterm birth. It is important to meet with your provider when you confirm pregnancy in order to ensure that you're getting the best care for your individual needs. Now, let's get into the treatments for endometriosis because there are several medical treatments for endometriosis, which um, I'm happy to share with you today. I've seen great success in natural support for endometriosis. For instance, um, Her Time Extra Strength has been a game changer for many of the women that suffer with endometriosis. But still, some women find relief from medical or surgical interventions or even a combination of both. It all totally just depends on your own personal experience. 
Now, some of the medical and surgical treatments can include things like hormonal therapy. Um, You could be prescribed some pain medications. You could be prescribed some anti-inflammatory medications. And there's also laparoscopic surgery. Now, endometrial, endometrial ablation and hysterectomy are still offered, but I want to point out that these are not actual treatments of endometriosis since they only address the uterus. Or in the case of a total hysterectomy, they're going to affect the uterus, ovaries, and the fallopian tubes. Since endometriosis, by definition, is lesions outside of the uterus, treating just the uterus isn't sufficient in the vast majority of cases. Um, also, this obviously will make it impossible to get, become pregnant if you go this route. Now, I want to share some tips, though, that can help you to get pregnant if you are someone that has endometriosis. Now, since endometriosis and conception require a little more TLC, there I want to share these tips with you to help support your journey. So the first thing I'm going to recommend is that you should start taking a prenatal vitamin. Now, every woman seeking to become pregnant in the next year should consider beginning a quality prenatal like her baby because inflammation and immune system dysregulation can be factors with endometriosis. Um, There may be additional nutrients that are going to be helpful. For example, antioxidants, things like vitamin C and E and selenium, which supports glutathione production, are necessary for free radical protection of cells. The other thing is, is that you might want to consider looking at your lifestyle and looking for ways that you can adjust it. Now, lifestyle factors can go a really long way to support both the symptoms of endometriosis and also the root cause. The subject can be an entire episode. I honestly could go on and on about this, but consider addressing some of the habit of these habits. And these are honestly a good idea for anyone trying to become pregnant Um, not just those with endometriosis. So what you want to do is reduce inflammation through a nutrient-dense diet filled with brightly colored fruits and vegetables and fiber. Um, Think rich carbs, like fiber-rich carbs, and also include those healthy fats um, like omega-3s. Now, the extra fiber also supports estrogen detoxification, which is critical for any estrogen-dominant condition like endometriosis, and it helps to keep your gut bacteria happy. Also, I would say consider anti-inflammatory and pain-supporting supplements like turmeric and actually melatonin too. And melatonin is found in our Her Nightly formula. Now, you're going to definitely want to take some um, precautions and reduce exposure to endocrine disruptors. So you're going to limit your exposure to these um, endocrine disruptors that can mimic estrogen and make your symptoms much worse. So this means avoiding things like plastic bottles, or food containers. Um, If you're going to go there out, glass or stainless steel are your best options. And you're going to want to avoid canned goods that aren't labeled BPA-free. And you're going to definitely want to avoid handling those receipts, like I said before. Now, I know this one's a tough one, and I talk about almost every episode, but we need to address stress. Rest and recharge to manage your stress because stress is connected to everything. And it's a vicious cycle since um, living with endometriosis while trying to get pregnant it can be so stressful. It's incredibly stressful. So movement is good for you, um, but be gentle with your body when needed. Take walks when you can and find a stress uh, reduction technique that brings you peace and brings you joy. So whether that's journaling, dancing, meditating, or taking a really nice long bath, Stress can negatively impact hormones, and even in the absence of endometriosis, it can make 
it really difficult to get pregnant, period. So I would suggest that you consult a doctor early. Although the typical advice is that you don't need to seek help with fertility until you've tried to get pregnant for at least a year, the guidance is different if you do have endometriosis. So consider talking to your healthcare provider as soon as you decide you want to become pregnant. Even an open conversation can actually help you feel better and feel less stressed. So if you don't feel like your OB has a deep understanding of endometriosis, which is common actually, it also may be worth finding someone near you who is more of a specialist in this condition. Um, Also, I would say consider assisted conception. That's something that's important for us to be aware of. If you have endometriosis and you don't become pregnant naturally, There are definitely other options that you can explore, including things like fertility drugs. Um, There's also surgery that's available to help to remove some of the scar tissue. And there's IUIs or intrauterine insemination. Also, assisted reproductive technology, which is shortened to ART or ART. If you are unable to conceive within six months of trying I highly recommend you meet with a reproductive specialist to learn if any of these um, options that I've just mentioned are right for you. Okay, let's talk about the key takeaways of this episode because I know I just unloaded a lot of information. information. Endometriosis is a condition that can make it harder to get pregnant, but it is still possible to get pregnant with endometriosis. Lifestyle changes paired with medical treatments when needed can increase the chances of pregnancy. And if you're struggling to conceive and you do have endometriosis, then definitely talk to your doctor sooner rather than later. There are many options available for couples who want to have a baby. And most of all, just let yourself feel any of the emotions that you need to because living with endometriosis is really hard. And the challenges with fertility can make the psychological load feel even heavier. You aren't alone in the journey and healing is absolutely possible. Again, this is, it's always my pleasure to have you girls join on the It's Her Time podcast. All of these conversations are so much more fun when I know that you are participating in them. So thank you so much for tuning in each week. And thank you so much for sharing these episodes with the girls in your life because sharing is caring. So I know this episode, there's a lot to unpack when it comes to endometriosis and it comes to infertility, but I hope that you all found this episode helpful and that you feel like you have a better understanding of some of your options and what are some possible solutions for you as well. So please feel free to share your thoughts with us in our Mixers Girl community. It's a private community online that you can access from our Mixers app, or you can go to our website, which is mixhers.com. All you have to do is just click on the community link. We love knowing your thoughts and we love, absolutely adore interacting with you. So thank you so much again for being such an incredible community. We do adore you. And I love it when you join us every single week. So be sure to join us again next week for another episode because we release new episodes every single Tuesday on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. So subscribe to both. You won't be sorry. That's for sure. Until next time, I hope you guys have a very happy and healthy week. Bye.